No matter where you may be in your career, mentorship is always important. Welcome to the Nonprofit Experience. I'm Sandy Sear, Managing Editor for the Philanthropy Journal. This week, veteran board member Creighton Blackwell shares his insights and expertise with newly minted board member Luke Weingarten. I am Luke Weingarten. I am the chair of the North Carolina chapter for backcountry hunters and anglers. And I also work as an independent insurance agent at a local independent agency here in Raleigh called Bachelor and Associates. And did also spend a little bit of time um, really trying to reach out specifically to nonprofit uh, organizations because nobody talks to them. And I, I know that just sort of through uh, some experience working with them, consulting with them back in my business school days. So, um, yeah, that's me. Thank you. My name is Creighton Blackwell. My official title is I am the Vice President of Corporate Affairs and Community Engagement at Coastal Credit Union. I have been in finances now, I guess, for about 21, 22 years. I worked at a bank for 15 years. I moved to a credit union eight years ago, um, really because I wanted to focus even more on how do you really redefine philanthropy? Mm-hmm. There was different ways I, I've seen how you can do it from a financial standpoint. Much of that led me to want to also focus on the plight uh, and the promotion of nonprofits. There's a time when I once called myself the banker for nonprofits mm-hmm. in the area. Currently, I sit on, and I may lose count here, about nine nonprofit boards. I am the chair of the North Carolina Council for Economic Education. I also sit on the uh, North Carolina Business Committee for Education Board, which is uh, out of the governor's office. I sit on the executive board for Habitat for Humanity for Wake County. I am the current chair of the Chapel Hill Carborough Chamber of Commerce. Also sit on the Mooresville Innovation Foundation chair. I was the original chair for that, still sit on that board. The Greater Raleigh Chamber of Commerce, I sit on that board. Carolina for the Kids, um, which is actually the largest student-run nonprofit in the state that's on the campus of UNC, so I sit on that board. Um, North Carolina Jumpstart, which is a uh, truly a group of financial organizations that really help promote financial education. Um, the Keenan Fellows uh, Advisory Board, I sit on the, uh, on that committee. The Triangle Martin Luther King Committee, I sit on that. So as you see, nonprofits is something that has been a passion of mine. And I think because, and we, this is a great conversation to have, is because we all understand the importance that, that the nonprofits has in all of our lives. How did you get involved in so many things? So many different boards, so many different seats, so many different chairmanships. Is this something that you actively sought originally and they're like, oh, geez, this guy actually works for free really well. And then they kept asking you to sit on more. Well, it's an interesting phenomenon because once you are kind of designated as here's a, a, a passionate professional mm-hmm. that has a network and cares and can bring resources, you become valuable Mm -hmm. to a lot of different organizations. The key to me and why I decided to do so many, because others don't have that strategy. They say, well, it's too much time. There's no way we can spend that time. 
But all of these different things connect to the same whole person. Mm -hmm. We're just not dealing with just educational issues or just medical issues or just homeless issues. Many people are dealing with all of those issues. Mm -hmm. As a resource, if the more that I am able to connect all of these different organizations back to the whole person, that means that's more good I can do for that person. I can become that type of resource. So I love to connect them. Oh, I also forgot about Wake Tech Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, I sit on that board and Wake Med Foundation. I sit on that uh, board also. So it's a way of connecting all of the community and all of those needs to one individual. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So is there a difference in your, uh, your thoughts of mission and purpose? Right. Because you have so many organizations that all have mission statements, many of which no one could actually that work there could actually talk about or they don't remember. But it's normally some type of mission statement. Right. Mm -hmm. What is your purpose? Right. What is your purpose? When we when I think about nonprofits and I think about, well, what is it that they're doing with their purpose for being is con completely built to help this cause right mm -hmm. that's their purpose what's the so what's the purpose statement and that's not anything that we normally talk about yeah um at all so i, I was i was just so curious. it's interesting that you bring that up because when a nonprofit is founded it's founded to serve a constituency that's why it's there so the constituency that you're built to serve becomes reliant upon you which increases your responsibility to be a sustainable organization and if you fold, it's not just the staff that you're failing, hurting, whatever. It's the constituency that you built yourself for. So the, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the ripple effect would be massive. In any of these conversations, I use the term holistic a lot. Mm -hmm. Simply because it is the entire community. The ripple effect you just talked about. That's where your impact is. In too many cases, though, we will narrow it down. And we won't think about, well, wait a minute, how could me being able to, and I'm going to use the example of uh, one of the nonprofits dealing with hunger. We, we have a, a, quite a few of those that's dealing with hunger, mm -hmm. trying to make sure people eat. But how does that also, being able to help that affect economic development, affect them uh, having jobs? How does that affect education? How does that uh, affect so many of the other things. So it's a holistic view mm -hmm. starting at that purpose and mission point. Mm -hmm. An unfortunate uh, aspect of keeping ecosystems intact is that the individuals and organizations that want to dismantle those ecosystems can point to all of the jobs and all of the profit and money, say extractive industry, can pull out of that land. But if we don't touch it, then what? Where's the money being made there, right? Mm -hmm. I can show you the millions, if not billions of dollars, but you can't show me anything. What they're missing, I think, is that idea of a holistic perspective. Correct. So how do we... What? What... Why should a corporation, a for-profit corporation, fund a nonprofit? Well, you have to understand that, that, that 
that the city, the community, is like an ecosystem. You're trying to make it, not only keep it intact, but make it stronger. Ultimately, that's going to feed back into you. Do I have a, a direct line to that? Can I show you exactly how that's going to return money into your pocket? No. I mean, that maybe with some algorithm that somebody works on for 10 years in a dark <laughs> corner somewhere, you can probably figure that out, right? But, but the idea is that you are strengthening your community, and if you have a strong community, then you have a stronger business. Yes. It, it's In some cases, is there an over-reliance on the data? Mm-hmm. Like we talk so much now about, I need the data, I need the metrics, and if I'm a hundred percent looking for a direct causation mm-hmm. of whatever effect, whatever investment I'm putting into this, to have a hundred percent causation of impact, and you have to prove it before you mm-hmm. get the support. Well, I may say that. Does that take away from some of the skill set of leadership? that does not have to rely on that 100% causation to have to tell you what decision you have to make. I might look at some of this and say, you know something, when you're dealing with certain community types of things, you may already have to factor in a 30 to 30% intrinsic value Mm -hmm. that should be part of whatever new community-based ROI, Mm -hmm. return on investment formula algorithm that needs to be built. How do you look at that? I always think it's a it's a song from um, a hip-hop rap artist named Common that I love. And it has a line in it I absolutely love. I actually say it all the time. And it's very basic and it's interesting on a, uh, a rainy day like we have today. But it basically says, it doesn't take all day to recognize sunshine. Mm-hmm. How much does it, tell, does it take in many cases to recognize the works that is happening with these nonprofits, the people that they are being able to help. Does it take an overwhelming amount of data to say, okay, I don't know if we're doing enough. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting dynamic that I know many corporations deal with. And if you're able to have this skill sets, to see it holistically and Mm -hmm. see the different angles. I think it makes it easier. I think it helps redefine philanthropy. If you can get to that point. We're not at that point, but can it get there? Um, I'm severely intrigued by this. (laughs) By this notion of a 30% intrinsic value. (laughs) I mean, some might be 10. Some might be 10, depending on... Could be 90. Who knows? On the project, right? Right, I mean, because there's certain things that you should just do. Yeah, right. Because it simply makes sense. it's the right thing to do, and it makes sense, and all that. It's the right thing to do. I would love it if when I ultimately step down as chair of this organization, the next chair has a much easier job than I have. That's what I want. Because then I know I've built a lasting, robust, sustainable organization. And then that individual can say, well, well, this job isn't that bad. How do I make it harder? That's what I'm looking for. When somebody tells me something is going to be easier and quicker, that's like, I don't want to buy it. I want it to be hard and take a long time. That's what I'm looking for. I want that challenge, right? You know, the reward is a, 
for me and for this position and for the job I'm doing, it's very personal. There is no reward that I can necessarily point to. It's one that I could just sort of celebrate quietly by myself. Because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> right. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. And, and the only thing that I can, the only thing that I know to do right now is lead by example. Work like this is my full-time job. Care about it from the time I wake up to the time I sleeplessly ultimately close my eyes and then get back up again, right? Like really care and drive hard after it. And I feel that the success of this organization in this state is entirely dependent upon me. Whether that's fair or not, I do have a, a board of eight other members um, that are great people that are here because of the same reasons that I am. But I take my position extremely seriously mm -hmm. and I want them to see what I do and then want to do that too. And your continued success will be how your board strategically helps and to, to be that resource around you. Because mm -hmm. it is heavy to take it all on yourself. That's why they're there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why the board. So how is your board strategically put together to be able to add to what it is you're trying to get accomplished? Right? Mm -hmm. Who are your fundraisers? Who are your networkers? Who are are the people who are, they might be structural people. Do you want your boards to be in, in the structure of your organization? All of those things are the types of questions that you answer based off the strategy and the mission that you have, right? There's no one size fits all. The, the situation, honestly, to me is simply have a plan. Mm -hmm. Right. The, some of the boards I'm on. Yeah, they're a little different. Some of the, board, the boards I chair. It's a little different, but the one thing is each one of them have a strategic plan as to who it is that's on this board, right? You, you, can, you can't continue to prosper or it does all sit on you mm -hmm. if you have an inactive board, if you have those that aren't helping with any funding. It needs to be some form of strategy that is there. I, I've been on a couple of boards that said, you know something, we need more diversity. That's a strategy. That's a plan to say there's more people out there that we should be touching that we're not. If you're going to continue to increase sustainability, you need to increase the people who you can touch and the people who can be ambassadors and tell your stories that will may align you with other potential funders or other potential resources. Um, there's others that say, you know something, we need a more mix from an age standpoint. There's others that says, you know something, I need more business people um, that are business minded. I formed this nonprofit because I had a passion for this mission, not because I know how to run uh, all the numbers. So I, I might need a CPA on my board. Do I have legal representation on my board? Truly digging in and looking to the strategy of what is it about the, the, the true qualifications that you need to make sure you don't have to wear the brunt of all of this? Mm -hmm. You can point to your resources and pull them out when you need mm -hmm. You know, one thing that I always want to be cognizant of is, you know, I, I do need members. Ultimately, I want the organization to influence policy. Yep because we have such a strong and engaged base when somebody's thinking about re-election 
They want to hear what we have to say about mm-hmm. it. Now, I can't do a lot of lobbying just by virtue of our corporate structure. I understand that. But nonetheless, I want to be, I want to be able to be powerful in, the, in this conservation space. Yep. And I, I, want a build, I want to build a healthier environment, right? Yep. I need members. And it's a really reasonable membership. It's 25 bucks for the year, right? Mm-hmm. It's a light lift. Students, 15. Military, 15. It's not that much. I, need, I don't need your money. I need your head. I need you to be on my roster. That's what I need, sure. right? That's another thing. Like, not only do I need to build the organization and make sure that we've got well-defined roles in, in, our, in, in our leadership board, how we're deciding to manage the state, we have a good strategic plan that we put together and we review and, and use actually as our rope, all that sort of stuff where you actually, you have to put everything together, right? You're starting from nothing. you got to build it all. But I also have to build membership base. So elevate awareness, build the base. That yep. was my strategic guiding principle. I'm sure my board got exhausted with me saying it at every one of our every two-week board meetings. Elevate awareness, build the base. Elevate I, t- I tell the state that. Elevate awareness, build the base. That's what we need to do. Because mm-hmm. it's true. We do need to do that. And the last thing I ever want to do is seem like the like we're really only focused on on. Revenue on on revenue. That's yeah. it. Like all we want is you to pay money to us, buy this T-shirt from us, buy this raffle ticket from us. You know, however it is that we can rate. We need money. Sure, yes, we need money. But honestly, I just need your I need your energy. I need your commitment. That's what I want more than anything. And so we need to just just do things, just to get out into the community and mm-hmm. give them something to do and and be there for them and and let others know that we're. We don't have a hidden agenda. I'm as transparent as they come. I just want to make sure that we have healthy ecosystems. And you have a, a focus in your quote-unquote base, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we we talk so much politically about, uh, you know, are you just talking to your base, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it seems that the new age which was the old days and we're coming back to this is so how do you expand beyond your base mm-hmm. right i i might be one of those that when we talk about nonprofit boards and people there and you talk about are they active or not i'm maybe be one that says i don't know if you need everyone to be active mm-hmm. but you need everyone to participate that could be two different things Right. There might be some people who, you know, something they are not going to call in on every meeting that you have, but they believe in you and they send you a twenty five thousand dollar check. Is that the board member you run off? No. (laughs) Actually, I get his number. You take the check (laughs) and you thank that person. Yeah. So it comes back to the strategy piece of it. Right. So. Once again, the title of your organization is? It's Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. So if I am looking at just a name and I am not a hunter, mm-hmm. how, or an angler. Or an angler. <laughs> but what you then said is, hey, this is about sustaining the ecosystem. Right. And that's oh, well, I'm interested in that. I want so, the hikers. I want the paddlers. Bingo. I want the campers. Yep. I want the bird watchers. I want everybody that steps outside yep. and enjoys the air they're breathing and the clean water that they see. I yes. want everybody yes. to know where to go. When I want to just be outside, where can I be? Yes. And how does your board, who should also serve in, in some ambassador-type roles or other people that you can't get to? Mm-hmm. How do those per people go out and also sell that message? Because mm-hmm. so from the Malay person, I might just look at the name and say, oh, that's not me. 
as you're looking at expanding sure. your base. But wait a minute, though. But I am interested. I am a runner. I am a hiker. Mm -hmm. so I I don't do any of that. But I simply care about right the environment. So yeah. this might be something that I do need to listen to. Well, one of our our first and um, local corporate partner is Great Outdoor Provision Company, which no one would ever say is a hunting supplies yep. <laughs> um, retailer, right? Yeah, they've got lots of fly fishing gear, which you know is where we're where we're helping each other. Um, but Great Outdoor Provision Company gets it. They just understand what it is that we're all trying to do together. At a national level, we've got um, Patagonia now as a, as a heavy corporate partner. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody that is a diehard Patagonia fan that's also picking up a rifle on the weekends. Um, they're there, for sure. And Yvonne Chouinard, the founder and CEO, is one of those people. But... Um, that I think one a, a unique position that BHA has in the conservation space is that we are talking to all the user groups. We're speaking to everyone, and we're trying to find the opportunity to focus on things that we agree upon, mm -hmm. not things that we disagree upon. That's all we're trying to do, and I think that it's it, we're 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 getting some real good legs with it. New Belgium Brewing is another another partner of ours, and I, we just. We just put on an event in Asheville uh, last month um, that was a, a raging success. And they're, now New Belgium is doubling down. Traeger Grills is another sponsor of ours. Now, these are not, these are not organizations that are known for focusing on hunting and fishing. That's right. Yeah. They're just organizations known for focusing on making the world a better place. Yes. <laughs> right? Well, and here's where the greatest opportunity, I think, lies in everything that we've talked about. Because... We're sitting here having a very like-minded conversation. Mm -hmm. We're saying, hey, we get it. There are other people who get it. There are other leaders. I know amazing corporate leaders. I know amazing nonprofit leaders. I know amazing uh, political leaders. There are people who get it, but we work in isolation. Mm -hmm. We all work in our own little areas. We may come back and have a good conversation and say, you know something? Yeah, this makes sense. And then we go back to our own areas and we stay there because right. we're fighting the good fight in our, for our corner. Sure. So guess what? This is a whole mansion. <laughs> we're yeah. talking, not a corner of the house. How we must be able to now take these conversations and connect. Organizations that you didn't think would ever work together all of a sudden are seen doing something together. Mm -hmm. It is the, okay, we need to now stop. You know, we got to stop talking and now it's time to walk the walk, right? Yeah. That's the greatest, greatest opportunity, but we have to force ourselves to do it. We have to force ourselves to say, we're going to take these great conversations and actions. Who's a partner that you can call and do something tomorrow? I, I get asked once again a lot, like, how do you do everything that, that you do? Um, I got a good friend of mine over at uh, uh, AT&T, and he has a great phrase. It's just like, it's DOT. You do one thing. That's we, all we can do. You know, regardless <laughs> of how much is on your schedule, you just do it. You do the one, you do the one thing first, right? Mm -hmm. You do the thing in front of you. And it's amazing when we spend less time 
thinking about the long list that you are now psychologically putting yourself in a trap because you just wasted an hour and a half when honestly I needed to just make this one call. It could have taken 10 minutes. You know <laughs> something? Let me just hit dial. Um, Cause I got a most feet dial. Let me just hit dial. Yeah. And all of a sudden that's, oh, that's off. It's simply... It's akin to analysis paralysis. You can't go anywhere. You just keep analyzing. Which has become an amazing executive term, right? Uh (laughs) That, you know, that we see people do all the time. And if we like, well, what's the efficiency of your day? What did you really do? Well, if you really did it, because between me having a conversation with this person and, you know, I had to talk about the Clemson, Alabama game that's coming up on Monday night. So that took another hour. And then I had to talk about, okay, I may have only did about two hours of work in an eight to 10 hour day. Now we talk about the plight of nonprofits. They got people coming in them. They don't have that advantage. Right. So how we must more be more efficient in simply saying, yeah, I got a big list of things to do today. So guess what? The first thing I'm going to do is do one. Do it right now. And all of a sudden, it's amazing that, gosh, I did 10 things in the last hour to, that, that I was able to take off of my list. I actually called this nonprofit. I had a talk with this executive director. Able to take that off. Now I set up this next thing. Now I set up this next thing. Wow, it's 10 o'clock. It's amazing how much I got done. I'm going to go have that conversation about the Clemson-Alabama game. Correct. (laughs) Now I can have that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, once again, these are all, I like to say professional etiquette um, at a high level. This is executive leadership etiquette. But the traps that we all fall into sometimes that stand in the way of getting stuff done. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't complain about it. Just do it. Lord knows my kids hate hearing me say this over and over again. But just do it. Then you can get to your playtime a lot easier with a lot less stress because you're not thinking of, wow, I still got three or four more calls I have to make today. Well, no, you actually were able to take care of them. Once again, that's a skill set thing to me and how people can learn how to be more effective leaders. Yeah, manage your time, but simply just do things. Yeah. So, you know, I've um, been listening to everything and I'm, you know, I came in here with the, uh, with the goal of walking away with some lessons learned because, you know, after reading your the bio that you share, and I'm like, dude, this guy's involved. You know, he's done what I'm doing, and he's done it again and again, and he's still doing it. Um, you know, one thing that I, I'll say is that it's encouraging the conversations we've had because you know it's like make sure that you're that you have a board that has well-defined roles. Yeah, that's very important to me, <laughs> and it's something that I'm continually working on. Make sure that you have a plan that everybody is looking at that is guiding you. Great. I'm actually, we're actually in the, this, this month of January is going to be the time to write that plan, actually write it down. Um, where the first, you know, six months of our existence last year, we weren't able to do that, but that's now priority. We're going to get that done. Um, make sure you make lists and cross things off when you get them done. Great. You know, I'm, I, I feel good just to know that I'm, I'm on the right track, mm-hmm. you know? And in terms of, of messaging and user groups and all that stuff, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm going to take just a moment and say I'm doing a good job. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and uh, and it's nice to know that I sort of you know share this world and share this town with people who do the same thing. They just tuck their head and get it done because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. So um, I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I'll just say it's more confirmation to sit here and listen to you talk about how you came to this spot. Mm-hmm. And it just confirms to me once again, passion plus interest plus experience plus talent plus simply being a good person mm. is what leadership is. There you go. That's what leadership is. And that leadership should be able to then draw you to say, no, I'm going to do more than participate. Because my ecosystem, my community, my people need it. Therefore, I'm going to be involved in this. And you have so many different experiences that you were able to bring in to it. So whenever we get in conversations about qualifications, this and that, your life experience is the ultimate qualification to say, no, 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 this is why. Mm-hmm. This is what I can bring. And now you match that is. And that's why uh, you don't have to think you're doing well. You're doing well. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing well. You should walk with that confidence. There you go. Because your people that you're helping, your organization is feeling that. Mm-hmm. If you don't walk with that confidence... It makes it difficult on those difficult days, mm-hmm. those tough days, that confidence to know that yet experience that you're falling back on leads you to, okay, let me get through this next day. Let me do this thing. I know it's going to be hard, but you know something? Let's go. Well, and that's thanks. how you continue to be successful. I appreciate all you do. Um, and I know that a lot of people do. It's, you know, thanks for choosing to be a good person because it's a choice. Um, so it's good to know you, man. You also I look forward to the next time. We will continue these connections. We will continue to form that like Voltron. Let's that go. works for me, Creighton. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Experience. If you like what you hear, please support our work. You can rate us on iTunes, share us with a friend, and donate to the project at go.ncsu.edu forward slash give to PJ. TNE is a project of the Philanthropy Journal. Our managing editor is Sandy Sear. Our graduate editor is Kristen Gullihue. Our graduate assistant editor is Preston Whitwer. And our multimedia producer is David Mueller. This episode was produced by David Mueller, who also wrote our theme music. For more information on this and other episodes, visit us at philanthropyjournal.org. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Nonprofit Experience and subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.